So as we start this series, this two-week series on depression and suicide, I encourage you to take a deep breath, um, calm your mind, say a prayer for yourself if you need to, uh, and just take good care of yourself. If you find yourself getting anxious or worried, fearful, sad, angry, or maybe numb, or any overwhelming feeling that lets you know that, hey, I'm not doing okay right now. I just encourage you to do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself. If you have small ears with you today, little kids, and you're like, you know, this topic of suicide might be a little too heavy for them, or um, that you don't want them to hear these things, feel free to uh, step out with them, okay? Now, you might be wondering, why are we talking about depression and suicide in church? Well, recently within the Hmong community, there has been a growing concern for the mental health uh, and the well-being of youth, teenagers, and adults in the community. Now, normally we don't talk about depression, mental health, and suicide. But in the last couple years, there has been a rise in the number of teens and young adults who have taken their own lives. And within the community, there is a growing awareness that this is something we need to openly talk about and address with one another. Um, so there have been films and videos that have been made. There have been organized uh, events for the community to come and talk about it. And in the church, we know that you and I, people who go to church, struggle with mental health. Uh, we know that there are plenty of us who are, are feeling depressed and have even thought about suicide. And we want church to be the place where you can openly talk about these things and that we can be a place that we can learn what does God think about this and how can the church community come around us and support us through these hard times. So we're only taking two weeks to talk about these very big issues and we're just barely scratching the surface. But we want you to know that as a River Life family, we want to be a place where we can have these conversations and we want this to be the start of those conversations. So as we start our sermon today on suicide, join with me in prayer for yourself and for all of us and for Greg as he teaches us. Heavenly Father, we, we come to you and we ask for your guidance as we open up these topics. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit be here with us to comfort us, to give us the encouragement that we need to open up our hearts so that we uh, can freely express what's inside. Lord, help us to know your presence. Help us to know the hope, healing, and growth that comes through Jesus Christ. Help us to glorify you even as we mourn, even as we grieve, even as we cry out in our pain. I pray, Lord, for special spiritual protection for all of us 
as we are uh, looking into these issues. I pray protection for those who will be hearing this message. Lord, I ask that uh, each of us would leave today knowing that you are, uh, you are here with us. So I thank you, and I lift this time to you in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. So I'm going to talk to you today for 11 minutes. That's about the time we have here. And in that time, I want to answer a single question. And Pastor Rick mentioned it. And then after we've talked about that question, I'll wrap up. And then I'll explain to you why I'm talking for 11 minutes. So that question is this. It's the most common question around suicide in the church. That is suicide an unforgivable sin? The other way this comes out is a a version of this is, will a Christian who commits suicide go to hell? So I want to answer that. I, I want to address that very directly. The answer is no. Suicide is not an unforgivable sin. And no, a Christian who takes their own life does not automatically go to hell. Now, that might be different than what you've grown up hearing. Maybe in the church, from a pastor, from your parents, or other Christian friends. And that might be especially true if you're mom. There's a strong belief around Hmong churches that suicide is an unforgivable sin and it means that that person will automatically go to hell. And so I'm here to tell you that is wrong and that is not biblical. So how can we look at suicide that does reflect what the Bible really says? So I want to briefly give you Four truths, four deep biblical truths that if you're a believer, these have to influence how you think about suicide. Whether for you suicide is a deeply personal issue, you've thought about it yourself, you've had a friend or a loved one commit or attempt suicide, Or maybe it's an abstract idea for you. You've heard of this person or that person, but it hasn't hit you personally. Here are four truths that I want to hit very quickly, very simply, that need to shape how we think about suicide. The first one is this. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. The Bible says it in Romans 8. It's one of Paul's more famous passages. It says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Our circumstances cannot separate us from Jesus Christ. Why? 
because our circumstances do not put us in relationship with Jesus Christ. We are saved by our faith and belief in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is not our circumstances that have saved us. Now, nothing, including suicide, can separate us from the love of God. But you have to be in Christ Jesus. One dark moment in a Christian's life cannot undo what Christ did for us on the cross. And when you stand before God, you won't be judged by the last act of your life. You'll be judged by the last act of Christ's life. I love how the United Methodist Church describes this. In their book of doctrine, the opening paragraph to their section on suicide says this. A Christian perspective on suicide begins with an affirmation of faith that nothing, including suicide, separates us from the love of God. Therefore, we deplore the condemnation of people who commit suicide, and we consider unjust the stigma that so often falls on surviving family and friends. I think that's a great way to start thinking about suicide. Number two, the second truth, is that human life is inherently sacred and valuable. On page one of the Bible, we learn the foundation of the biblical view of personhood. It says this, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. Every human being is made in the image of God. God made us. And there is a part of us that reflects the divine. That means that every person, every life has value, regardless of race, class, gender, or ability. This truth has widespread implications from war to human trafficking, from abortion to immigration. But one of the biggest implications of this view is the Bible's prohibition against murder, that you should not take another person's life because they are made in the image of God. And that leads to our next truth. Suicide is a serious sin. Suicide, especially in TVs and movies, can often be glamorized. It can be described as caring, sacrificial, vengeful, even romantic. But it's none of these. Suicide is actually murder. Suicide is actually murder. 
In fact, prior to the 1600s, the word suicide didn't exist. It was called self-murder or self-killing. And that goes against one of the big ten. You shall not murder. That's the sixth commandment. And that makes it a serious sin. We cannot minimize it. We cannot romanticize it. We cannot rationalize it away. To unlawfully take one's own life is morally no different than taking another's life. Both are murder. We cannot turn suicide into something lighter than that. But that leads to our fourth truth. All your sins, past, present, and future, are forgiven by Jesus Christ. All your sins, past, present, and future, are forgiven by Jesus Christ. Here's how the book of Colossians describes it. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, that's a reference to your sin nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. The Bible teaches that all your sin, past, present, and future, is forgiven through your faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The idea that suicide is unforgivable comes from the premise that a person who takes their own life has no opportunity to confess that sin. There's no opportunity to confess it. As a result, it would be unforgiven, and then that would warrant them separation from God. However, our eternal destiny is set and sealed the moment of true belief, not by the last act of our life. If a person is saved before suicide, that person is saved after suicide. So how can I summarize this? How can I summarize this, these four biblical principles? Well, I wrote this down because I wanted to make sure to get it right. Here are the four biblical truths that must shape how we think about suicide. Although suicide is most assuredly a serious sin, that violates God's expressed will concerning the sacredness of every life. There is no biblical evidence 
to conclude that it is a sin beyond the reach of the forgiveness obtained for us at the cross of Christ. Let me say that one more time. Although suicide is most assuredly a serious sin that violates God's expressed will concerning the sacredness of every life, there is no biblical evidence to conclude that it is a sin beyond the reach of the forgiveness obtained for us at the cross of Christ. So at the beginning of this, I said that I would speak for 11 minutes. And that's because in the U.S., a person commits suicide every 11 minutes. That means that when I started talking, someone was alive who was no longer alive as I finished talking. And that is tragic. And that is heartbreaking. God put the church on earth as, an, as his expression of hope to the world. And if you are a believer, God put you on this earth to share that hope with others. We are to be his deliverers of hope. We live in a hurting world. Thank God we have a healing Savior. As we wrap up here, I want to highlight a couple resources for you. So first, as, as you exit after, we're, we're going to worship a little bit more. And as you exit, we're going to have some people out there with a handout. This is a collection of information from the, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And it has their phone number on the, the top and on the back. Um, I encourage everybody to grab one of these. Also, in this week's digital bulletin, um, if you didn't know, we have a digital bulletin um, almost every week. And this week, I packed it full of all of this. This is in the bulletin. Um, the video that we watched from Pastor Rick, that's in the bulletin. All of my notes are in the bulletin um, and a whole lot more. So you can get, if you've downloaded our app, there's a button that says digital bulletin. You can see it there or you can go to riverlifemn.com slash bulletin and you can get all of this information. Um, one of the things we've added onto this sheet um, from the, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is we as a church are blessed with a number of professionally trained uh, mental health um, practitioners. And we have some folks who are licensed. We have some folks who have graduated with degrees. We have some folks who are in practice. And I, I've included their names uh, on the bottom of the sheet. So there, here are people here in this church who have all agreed to be a resource to any of you who would like to talk to somebody. You can call, you can text any one of the, the four folks on the back of this handout. They are part of your family, 
and they're here for you. Please join me in prayer. Father God, you are good. And you are close to the brokenhearted. And you are here for us. God, I take our pain. Collectively, I stand before as a representative of, of Jesus Christ and of River Life. And I take our pain, our collective pain, and put it at your throne. Lord, I take our sins and nail them to the cross. Lord, I take our sorrows and bring them to Jesus Christ, the man of sorrows. And I pray for every person here, whether they feel close to you or far away from you, that today they can know that you are as real as the air they breathe and you are near. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence here with us in our lives. And in the name of Jesus Christ, and the power of his death and resurrection. I pray against any evil that is here that would want to rob somebody of the life, God, that you gave them. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray against Satan. I pray, pray against all who work for him and his cause. And I pray the protection of Jesus Christ across every person in this room. We thank you. Lord, I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our friend. Amen.